2: Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast, where today we flip the page in the calendar and we move on to 1989 as we are covering January the 7th, 1989 of Saturday night on TBS. New year, same old filthy old school wrestling podcast, and we're about a week away from our five-year anniversary, but we'll save more of that for maybe later or even next week. Uh, Doc, how are you doing today?
3: Man, the shoot job's trying to kill us, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. At least we have shoot jobs, you know, I guess.
2: I'm yeah. blessed, yes.
3: Okay. Well, uh, I, I'm then I'm doing peachy. I'm so tired. Here's how tired I am. I am too tired to drink tonight.
4: <sighs> wow. God damn. That's rough.
3: That's rough, man. But hey. Still blessed and still plan to be a blessing.
2: I uh, hope you got your flips and dives in and high spots in during the pre-show because this episode, well, whoo, recap. Yeah, I'll, talk,
3: I'll talk about the, the the patron show in a minute, but um, no, I'm ready to roll, pally.
2: Aubrey, what about you? You, you living a dream still?
3: I'm still living a dream.
2: I heard your life has well, been well lately.
3: Well, yeah, hold on. I think I need to go ahead and do my spotlight right now. This Docaholic Spotlight this week is going to go to Hardbody Harper. Um, Yeah. If if you're a patron, you may have already heard this. If you're not and you're questioning whether or not you should become one, Uh, Harper just regaled up me and Mike and really all the patrons uh, on his recent escapades uh, defying quarantine orders to get some ass, quite literally. Yeah. Nothing stops him. The state government, the local government, the laws of science – microbiology, none of it can stop our guy Harper.
4: Nothing can stop me. I'm like Robocop.
2: Oh, he explored microbiology right with that one. Um, So here's <laughs> my question. So one episode was called The Squirter, then another one was the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. What do I title this one that we just recorded that's already dropped?
3: <laughs> Butt Lupper. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking maybe, um, have you guys ever heard of a corkscrew butt plug? <laughs> no, like a
4: lawnmower. Uh,
3: what you call it Mike? <laughs>
4: the the lawnmower
2: crank cord? Yeah. The lawnmower <laughs> crank cord loving session.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's nice.
3: Harper
4: time. And she Harper. started right up. She goes, potato, 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 potato. I was like, all right,
3: here we go. Harper Harper merged onto the Hershey Highway. Yeah. Well
2: it's nice. Do you know what you gotta uh, do, man. You do what you gotta do during quarantine. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Look, I know Planet Fitness Fitness likes to say that judgment free, but for real, here we are judgment free. Whatever floats your boat, bro. It's your life. YOLO if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, before we get into the rest of the show, and if you want to hear what is talking about, what Doc's talking about there, you can become a patron at tinyurl.com slash Patreon get access to 200 plus Patreon exclusive episodes there. Uh, Lots of stuff up, including Harper's Minnesota Wrecking Crew, the Squirter Story, the Dallas Cowboys Ring Rat House, plus the uh, Clash of the Champions we've done, the pay-per-views we've done, they're all there as well, world-class shows, ECW shows, and all that great stuff. Uh, the ECW show that uh, JV and Mike Prue do for us. Okay. Um, As we get into this thing, I need to shout out a couple of people. So first off, special shout out to our largest Patreon contributors monthly. Disrespectfully Classy, Marky Blassie, Kyle Riley, Mike Childry, and Joe Ice. Thank you for your generous support. And then I got some new Patreon members that signed up. We're losing a lot of Patreon members because of the pandemic, but luckily there are people signing up still. So that's great. Max Payne signed up on Patreon and did so as a Hall of Fame Patreon member. He also posted a nice post to the Patreon page saying that he's got a bunch of coworkers and everything at the shoot job sh- saying book it, bitch, and uh, they are listening to the show. So there you go. Thank you, Max. Tony, uh, he didn't give a last name, but uh, he welcome you to the BTT Hall of Fame. He's a new patron. Thanks for signing up. Longtime listener and friend of Hopper and I, Sean Sparks, who Hopper and I met at ROH back in 2018 Mania Weekend. You know, Hopper, he's 6'2", 250. He's got them women on him like Ric Flair did in the 80s. Yeah. He bumped up his pledge, and he's now That's a He's a long-time Patreon member. He is a Hall of Fame member now as well. So thank you, Sean. Uh, and then we mentioned this last week, but I got to mention it again. David DeVries, Unconvinced Ray on Twitter. One year anniversary of Brother Dave dying and BTT bringing him back to life. Upped his pledge. The first thing he heard in his ears when he came back to life was Hopper describing his friend having intercourse with a deaf girl. You can't You're make welcome. this stuff up. Yes. That's
4: Doc, nice. Imagine that hearing is, that, bro. You fucking you wake w- up from, from seeing the light and, and, and all, and you hear me talking about Mark Lewis banging a death girl. Ha, ha,
2: ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Going to hell, man. What? <laughs> messed up. That's so messed up. <laughs> oh.
4: I, was telling, uh, I was telling that story to fucking Luke the other day.
2: He had never heard it before? No. He had to be
4: crying. <laughs> <laughs> Always a class act. Always.
2: <laughs> what did he say, Hopper?
4: He's like, that's fucking hilarious. I never <laughs> fucked a death girl. And I said, me neither. <laughs> 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 it sounds like a fucking Muppet <laughs> or, some, or some shit, like the Muppet show.
5: <laughs>
2: I think somebody, I don't know if it was David Devries. Brother Dave or if it was somebody else in the face group said that the first time they heard you make that noise, they thought it was like somebody clubbing a baby seal.
3: Come on. <laughs> <Grow up. laughs> That's when you take, the, you take off your mask and shove it in her mouth so you can't hear her anymore.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Y'all are terrible.
3: That's fucked up. I'm sorry. so. Well, the good thing is, I mean, deaf people they can't hear
4: this, right? So we're no. straight. Yeah. That's, you damn. That's fucked up. Damn. You know what you, ought to do?
0: you, know what you ought to do. You do
3: know Harper. You, know you know what you ought to do. You ought to start wearing a mask out, and you bring your ether with you. <laughs> you could, uh, you know. Yeah. Be that's real classy.
2: Te- that's a terrible suggestion. I don't want Harper going to jail.
3: That's wrong. It's
2: so wrong. one, One other thing before we get into the show this week, the live stream feedback from these live streams we've done during this quarantine is off the chain. The patrons love the Patreon live streams we've done over the last few weeks. Nothing but great feedback. They wanted me to thank both of you for it all. And they love that we've that we've done this on a couple of Friday nights and entertained them. Not only are are a lot of people actually patrons listening live, but uh, the numbers when I post them, I guess, on demand to the Patreon feed, uh, they're loving the live stream feed. So there you go. Just wanted to say they love the live stream. Enjoy it while it's happening, because I don't know when Harper goes back to work and things get back to normal. I don't know how many we're going to do of those, but there's that. They love the live streams. Um. All right, Doc, you got anything? I'm going to share my screen now. That way we can get into the main portion of the show. But anything else before we jump into this?
3: 1989, pal. This doesn't happen every every week, and it takes a year to get here. A uh, full year. N-
2: 1989, and I need you to describe, as this show is starting with Tony and JR, and I'm getting the video recorder going for the Patreon members out there. The I need you to describe... Because, you know, Tony Schiavone is about to leave the promotion. I, 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 I don't I'm not, like that. Yeah. I hope, I'm, hope I'm not spoiling anything for anyone, but uh, what are your thoughts on Jr. right there, Doc? Uh, what are your thoughts on Jr. right here, Doc? Is, uh, you know, Tony's leaving in a few months, so he's not going to be here much longer. What do you think Jr. is saying right there? Hey, you bastard, about to fucking stick this knife in your back and go get your ass out of here.
3: I think it's funny that these two were in a closed studio pandemic style in 1989 and they're in a closed studio pandemic style in 2020. That's true, huh?
2: Well, sir. They were
3: they were trying to warn us back then. Maybe so. Um, Jr. JR JR's like, I know I'm too southern, but fuck it. I'm going to get rid of this Shivoni character. Why do you leave? <laughs>
2: Um, so I was going to wait until it happens. But what happens is I believe the story is JJ leaves first. So JJ goes up to New York and is working for WWF. And I believe I believe that's how it ended up happening where JJ then, um, you know, puts in a word or, or I think they asked about Shivani may have been what it was. And Shivani's like, sure, I'll you know, I'll entertain. I'll listen and listen to anything. And, you know, Shivani got an offer and that's why he ends up. Going to New York and going to the WWF. I say New York, you know what I mean, Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, Goes to WWF. So that starts Tony's venture in the WWF. And, and
4: It was it was him and Magnum, right?
2: Who was him? You mean Jr. and Magnum? Yeah. Yeah, Jr. and Magnum end up calling the shows. Which is really weird. I don't think Magnum's terrible, but it's, you know. Yeah. It ain't, it ain't what we grew up on. You know, I know. We, we grew up on Shivani and David Crockett being silly and then JR comes in, you know, in 87, but it's just I don't know, it's weird with, with Magnum and JR calling it. They're not bad together, but it's just a it's a big change. So, um the show opens, JR and Tony open up the episode and tell us that we're going to relive all the great moments from this year. It's an entire recap episode. Doc, what are your thoughts on recaps here? Mm.
3: This is well, uh, okay. First of all, I got to the close to the end, and I was like, man, I need to get done with this. And it was like, oh, it's Flair and Luger. Fast forward, because I just watched it. Um, there's some new content on this show that I hadn't seen, and um, we'll go through it. It's all right. And, 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 just like we said last week, if you're telling me that at, at 14 years old, you're going to show me Flair and Luger from Starcade, I would have shit my pants. Yeah, no, huh?
2: Agreed. Agreed, because that's the other thing. It was a replay, but you know, where else would we have seen that?
3: Never. So I get that they're showing Arn and Tully in this first match to show them get pinned and beat. All it made me do was miss them.
4: Yeah, I know, huh? Bro, hey, do you
3: think that you could stick? Do you think you -hmm. could stick your girl's butt plug in your USB? port and maybe get your internet working why Uh,
2: (laughs) you were fading did you restart
3: did you restart uh, your computer no no (laughs) Uh
2: no (laughs) we're gonna start 1989 like we've
3: been doing 88 88 87 86 85 sir right there did you did you try restarting the machine no no
2: all right, uh, Harper, we'll try to stick with it. I heard you. You said you love that spot that they did right okay.
3: there. Yeah. Okay, hold on, hold on. Run that back. Let me see it again. Well, I just well, I wanted to see the DDT here in a minute. And I'm waiting for it. Tell us what's going on while we wait.
2: Well, Sting is going for the Scorpion Deathlock. And as he right, puts right it there. in, Tully tags in Arn. Arn hits Sting at oh. the back of the head
3: that was a nice lift too and then he's gonna hit him with the DDT boom here's a question I have discussion question who throws Uh, the better who throws the better DDT Horn or Jake Roberts Jake Roberts who Jake Roberts
2: (laughs) I agree with Hopper. I'm gonna go with Jake
3: I am too I'm
2: gonna go with Jake um What else you got from this replay doc of Arn and Tully and Luger and Sting, which is, we never said this is the Crockett cup final that they're showing right here.
3: Yeah. So at some point here, Magnum gets involved to cheat. What's that about? Why is Magnum cheating?
2: I don't know. What do you
4: think?
3: He he got to keep his crippled ass out of this thing. (laughs) It's nice. Or you just be quiet. We can't hear you anyway. Your internet's <laughs> fucked up.
2: Albert, do you want to restart and me call you back?
3: You yeah. sound like you sound like you're butt fucking a robot.
2: Oh. Albert, <laughs> <laughs> Albert, go ahead and hang up and restart, I'll, uh, and then right. text me when you're back on. Uh, me and Doc will keep going.
3: All right. So, Mike, I had a note. Yeah. You know they get kind of close every once in a while to putting their hands on Magnum. I wonder how scandalous that was back then, man. He's a he, no joke. He's a crippled man. I mean, I ain't try to be mean. He damn near died, and and they just start like putting their hands on him. It reminds me, you know, that whole deal where Shane Douglas and Pitbull one where he grabbed him by the halo. Yeah, that's a that's some heel activity right there. But I wonder how it was viewed. By the average, you know, Southern wrestling fan to see the heels put their hands on Magnum's, you know, he's not a hundred percent.
2: No, it's funny. We talked about that, about how um, I think we've I think we've talked about this before, but it's funny when you think about that, because we were adults by the time we saw Douglas do what he did to to the pit bull when he grabbed at Halo. And mm. we knew it was... We, I mean, we knew it was a work, but you still go, oh, it, shit.
3: Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he didn't That's, just do that to him. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, when when somebody puts their hands on Magnum like like Arn does here, and we've seen this before, because I know that... I think they show... I feel like we talked about this, and they showed this earlier in the year. Um, when He puts his hands on Magnum there, man. You got to think, especially in 1988, when this originally aired... These people were thinking, man, how dare you put your hands on a crippled man? Right. So I'm with you, man. It's it's it it, it was it was scandalous to, to do something like that. That was that was look. There was things heels could do, but that was just the dirtiest of dirty.
3: You know, He's messing not with a crippled man. He's not handicapped. He's handicapped. Look at that piece of ass.
2: <laughs> leave <laughs> Mrs. Crockett alone, okay?
1: Mm, no. She's all sh-
3: she's all shriveled up and shit. Stop it. She you're... she looks like her name ought to be Gertrude. I agree. you know, in 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 reality, when you look at it, the crockett the the crockett Cup sounds like a great idea until you're there, and then it's like, oh.
2: No, it was cool for his time.
3: I mean, I love that whole idea of bringing people in from different territories and getting to see new people. I loved
2: it. I mean, I I was uh, I've told the story before I was at the first one. I thought it was great. I I really had a good time um, watching the first one live. It just was it was a long night. I mean, and and then I was at the night session. I wasn't even at the morning session when they when they had the the first few rounds or the first couple rounds of the thing. So it was a long night. But we had a couple of singles matches in there, so that made it kind of cool. Like Dusty, I mean, the fact that Dusty and, and Ric Flair worked was awesome. And, yeah. and he's just hearing Flair, even though there was only like 12,000 people in the Superdome, Flair getting booed back then was was tremendous. I mean, it just it was just good stuff. So
3: Look anyway. at that. I mean, look at that pelt looking thing on the back of his head there.
2: Look him, at that.
3: And him being Paul E. Get ready to cut a promo at seven fifty six on the video feed. Man, that looks like just ratty ass snatch hair.
2: Speaking of Paulie, let's go to the promo now. Uh I was waiting for Harper to text me back and tell me he was ready, but I'll go to the promo. Here it is.
1: You wonder why your ratings are up, huh? You wonder why this is now in prime time. You wonder why they moved the time slot to 7 p.m. Because now everybody can watch Coast to Coast in prime time. I'll tell you why. Paul E. Dangerously. That's right. The Yuppie Gone Bad. With Loverboy Dennison Ravishing Randy. The one, the only, the real Midnight Express. That's why. That's why your ratings are up. That's why this is now in prime time. That's why today everybody's tuning in to see Ric Flair. They're going to see Ric Flair take on Sting for the World Heavyweight Wrestling Championship. Then they're going to see what's called a bunkhouse battle royal. You're going to see 30 guys come into the ring with anything they want to wear. Anything at all. Come into the ring and fight each other to see really who is the baddest man in professional wrestling today. But what you really tune in to see is which superstar of the NWA is going to lead off the year 1989. What kind of year does the NWA have in store for you for 1989? I don't see Sting coming out here. Ow! I don't see him doing that right here. I don't see Junkyard Dog coming out here going. Ar, ar, ar. I don't see that either. I don't see Rick Steiner. Can't decide if that's his manager or his girlfriend. I see Paul E. dangerously. I see the guy that brought in Boy Dennis Condrey. That brought in ravishing Randy Rose. That left Jim Cornette in this very studio. Right here on TBS, Ted Turner Superstation. Jim Crockett Promotions had a pan out. They couldn't show it close because Jim Cornette needed the stitches. Because Jim Cornette got hurt. Who'd he get hurt by, huh? Did he get hurt by Ric Flair? No. Did he get hurt by Sting? Huh? No. Did he get hurt by any of you so-called heroes ripping your shirts off your body And flexing like an idiot No, he got left bloody By the baddest tag team In professional wrestling today boy Dennis Condry And ravishing Randy Rose And the man that just loves To reach out and touch someone So I tell you what if you want me to prove to you that 1989 is going to be the year 11 dangerously, I'm going to prove it to you. And I'm going to prove it to you tonight because you're going to see from Starcade that the Midnight Express, managed by Paulie, Dangerously, is the only Midnight Express in the world today. Jim Cornette manages a couple of idiots, a couple of sequels named Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane, and I manage the real product. 1989 is going to be the year of living dangerously. And what you're going to see is Paul Lee dangerously beat Jim Cornette within an inch of his life. Jim Cornette, that's what I did last time. The next time we meet, I'm going the whole inch.
2: All right, Doc, what do you have? I'm going to. Oh, is Harper back on? He's showing on. Harper, you there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right. Doc, what you got from Paul Lee right there?
3: Well, how great is, was that from him? He was really, really good there. I have a thought of this in a minute. But just, I mean, you ain't going to see Sting. You're not going to see this. You, you know, you're not going to see Junkyard Dog. You're going to see me. I mean, he came out there and talked, it, talked himself into the building and said, I belong. And you got to remember, he's 23 years old there. And he held his own, man. He was really good, I thought.
2: I thought he was good too when he talks. Just the way he gloated, how you know of all the people in the NWA, look the per the people that left him bloodied, uh, left Cornette bloodied and battered, was you know Dennis Dennis Condrey and Randy Rose. And I was like, that's kind of true. Like of all the people that Corny has messed with over the years, here they're the two that just left him battered and bloodied. And I thought that was good. Harper, do you have anything from it?
4: It was a good fucking promo, man. Yeah, it was. It's a shame that I gotta,
3: that few just disappears. Well, I got a Bro. question. I think I let me book the territory, if you don't mind. Mm hmm. We all think Humperdinck's amusing, but Paul Lee should be managing Bigelow. Yeah, Paul Lee is the real deal, man. Because Paul Lee's from up north, Bigelow's from up north. It's weird to see Lee managing two Hicks from the South. Yes.
2: Oh, Or or maybe he could have managed them both. He could have managed them sure, in sure, Bigelow. Sure, sure. Well,
3: I don't care. That's fine. I'm just but, saying.
2: But the only problem with him managing Bigelow is, I mean, they, they essentially, Bigelow was the baby face. So, I mean, Paul couldn't have well, that, managed we've both already
3: talked them. about how We've already talked about how that was dumb. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And didn't at at one point Well Bigelow's gone now, but at one point didn't like um what, wasn't it first he, he was kinda they were him and Bigelow were kinda heelish and then and then, then it was like oh no no they're gonna be faces. I don't know, maybe I'm think misremembering. Yeah,
4: they were kinda tweeners.
2: Yeah. But you know, you're on to something, Doc. It, it, Paul would have been great with Bigelow as a manager, no no doubt about it. Uh anything else doc from Paulie right there his promo?
3: No, he's a force to be reckoned with.
2: All right, Hopper, anything from you?
3: It was just great, man. Yeah, it was
2: awesome. It was good. And he went for like 4 minutes, man. It wasn't hard. It wasn't easy what he did there. It was really good promo. Um, you know, as he tries to keep this this feud alive, but unfortunately, it will die in a couple of months of of stupidity thanks to um Yeah, thanks to um, the booker there, and we'll leave it at that. We'll talk more when we get there. Okay, Um, so we get an announcement after... Paulie's promo. Jr. tells us next week we'll see Barry Windham versus Eddie Gilbert in a, in, a, in a rematch of Scott Steiner Scott not Scott, Rick Steiner versus Mike Rotunda for the NWA TV title. Then we get a replay of Sting versus Flair from Clash 1, March 27, 1988. Now, Doc and I discussed this in great detail on our Patreon feed. This was a fantastic match. If you have the network, go watch it. If you're not a patron, consider becoming one where we cover the first Clash and this was phenomenal stuff as rick made sting look like 10 million dollars not just a million dollars in this match sting was in my opinion a made man after this stop
3: shouldn't jason hervey be out trying to bang winnie cooper right there he's just i don't know why what's the purpose of him being there i don't know but bro have you seen winnie cooper like grown up Dude, she looks good, man. Mm -hmm. The purpose
2: of him being there is Doc's forgetting they were judges for this match.
4: Yeah, but why is he a judge of fucking pro wrestling? Why do I care about him? I want to see Winnie Cooper.
2: Oh, you can see the playmate at a year next to him. That's the one.
4: Uh, Oh, that's what she is? Yeah. Rick shot a load on that.
2: Boy, Rick. Isn't that crazy
4: how that's just how Playboy is just dead now? When, well, you, when I used to be a big thing, when, oh, oh, she was the playmate of, you know, the fucking uh, July playmate and playmate of the year. And I couldn't tell you the last time I even heard anything from Playboy.
2: Well, oh, no, what was it? I think it was Penthouse. Actually, she was a Penthouse pet of the year. Maybe, oh, but, still, yeah, but, still, right. but still, even that, though, even that, though, Want the internet, just like it killed K-Fabe, <laughs> the internet killed Penthouse and Playboy because all you got to do is go into your search bar and type yep. in what you want to see, and there it is.
4: Like fucking Pamela Anderson and uh, who was the one that fucking married the old guy, the chick from Texas? Anna yes. Nicole Smith. Anna yeah, Nicole Smith. her and, and all those kind of... They became famous. And I mean, who was the last Playboy Playmate that
3: that that did anything? I don't I think have you clue. To, uh I don't know. Maybe yeah. take, take that softcore shit and shove it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bunch of pussies. I'm, I'm here for I'm here to watch Harper's Mad Adventures. That kind of stuff. That kind of sure. depraved Come on, yeah. man. That could, that Remember- could
2: what if Hopper had one of those OnlyFans accounts, like all the female,
3: Oh, like all those these, fucking women? Yeah. All these
2: women have nowadays, though, the OnlyFans
4: accounts. What
3: the accounts. fuck is on that? I don't know, but now that you got a girl, are you going to be able to date Missy? Yeah. Okay.
4: Just I don't have sure. a girl. I don't okay. have
3: a girl.
2: He, no. He's being stern with that statement, Doc. <laughs> you better make it. He does not have a girl. There you go. No. I'm
3: just, I just heard some things, that's all
4: no
2: how great would it be if one of these years at x-rated Missy was there and Daryl Van Horn
3: that'd be cool w- which one is Harper gonna have to fuck That's come on man
2: I just I want to see Van Horn go off on the bayou stench is what I want to see I want to okay, see him so, insult okay. my hometown in, a, in the most glorious way possible so I can pop and be like god you filthy bastard I love you
3: so, would you jiggle on Mitchell's balls to what? get it, get it, Missy?
2: <laughs> what, what is wrong with you? What,
3: what? I'm just, wait, I'm wait, just, whoa, I, wait. I, say that just, again. Would you jiggle up on his, like, you know, just kind of, you know, rub his balls, not give him relief, just, you know, jiggle <laughs> him a little bit to be able to get That's to Missy. It is fucked missing. up. It no. is fucked Okay. No. So, so no, buy curious things from you. No. Okay.
2: I just want to hear him go. Like, look, Tracy does a great job of working the New Orleans crowd into a lather. I want to hear Daryl Van Horn go off on those Cajun simpleton idiots, and I'm one of them, by the way. As I said, you
3: you may get him down there and see him running off into the bayou at, at three o'clock in the morning, never to be seen again.
2: <laughs> nah, I don't. I don't think so. No. Nah. Are you saying like running off with some from broad or something?
3: Just to the to the evil spirits.
2: Oh, oh, the voodoo. Okay, I got you. (laughs) Oh, I got you. Nah. All right, uh, let's get back on track. So, Doc and I talked about Sting and Flair here in this match on our Patreon feed, tinyurl.com/slash Patreon BTT. You can get the first Clash of the Champions and all the Clash of the Champions there and the pay per views we did in 1988. Uh, They then go. To a replay of the Bunkhouse Stampede paper. No, no no, from 1988. no, no,
3: no, 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 no. I got, I got some questions because Harper didn't oh. go through this with us. What? Okay. Uh, 1848, real quick, would you? All right,
2: it's 1849, 50.
3: I like Rick just in a minute here. He's going to be. Um, well, I thought he was. What are we looking for? He's just yelling at Sting about something, but I didn't get it apparently. Maybe that's it. Just yelling at him talking to him. Um Can you imagine Sting on this night?
2: Yes, I can imagine Sting on this night.
3: He does he's not he knows. He knows he's too green for this. Yeah. But he's got to go perform. Well, I mean Rick can fucking walk him through through fucking anything. Yeah, there's a difference between being walked through something and knowing that you can do something.
2: Well, they did... Rick, I've heard Rick talk about this match a lot, and I've heard Sting talk about it. There was one spot in this match where where Sting is in the figure four, I believe. I don't know. if It might not be this match, but Sting's in the figure, figure four. Rick's got it locked in, and Sting starts fighting back. And, and Rick's talking to him the whole time, and Rick's like... Rick's like, um, you know, come up, Sting. And Sting kind of like, you know, gets up and like he's getting a second win. And Rick says, beat your chest. And Sting starts beating his chest and the fans start going nuts. And Sting has talked about it. He's like, that was all Rick. All he did. He just talked to me the whole time through. Everything we did was Rick telling me what to do next. And as long as I didn't as long as I didn't mess that up, I was good to go. And there it is, freezing up on us.
3: Well, and so, here's the other thing. I was looking at this, like, 34 minutes into this match. Mm-hmm. And Sting's over there in the corner getting the hell chopped out of him. So, not only is he on the biggest stage trying to get walked through this thing, but he's also getting the hell beat out of him by the champ.
2: Oh, yeah. It I was mean, vicious.
3: And then, you know you start thinking about this, you know... Sting's a body guy. Rick was the cardio guy. I wonder how hard it was for Sting to have wind for 45 minutes or 40 minutes. Thoughts? <laughs> he, he didn't look tired. No, yeah, he didn't. The reason I, asked, I thought about this is because they talked about it in Starcade that Luger leaned out for the match so that he could go longer. But Sting was no, you know, cheeseburger out there
2: yeah no man I don't. Uh, he had a gas tank but
3: I mean nobody he, had a tank like Rick but yeah.
2: I think one of the things like if as I watch his back they paced this thing really well so that Sting wouldn't have got like super blown up either that's true I mean they, they paced this really really well And I mean, it's Rick, like Rick, Rick wasn't going to do the thing about this. Like, I I don't think Rick would have done anything like that to Sting. Rick was, we've heard the stories. Rick was really giving, I mean, to a fault a lot of times when it came to uh, being a a wrestler and a worker in a, in a businessman with wrestling. Uh, Rick has said it a million times. Like, I just, I I just didn't even feel like fighting back. You know, I just like, you know, when, when people would want me to do certain things or take this pin or that pin, he's like, well, whatever. Okay. He said that, and people like there's people that say that about Rick. They're like, no, he was just real giving. So it's amazing when you think about that. So I don't think I don't think Rick would have, you know, Rick Rick did everything to pace this as well as it needed to be paced. And if you watch it, they're not running around doing fifty million. That's the other part, Doc. You and I talked about it when we reviewed it. They're not doing fifty million spots. Just watch them. There's,
3: yeah, they're you, not. They're not doing fifty million spots, but they're also not just sitting in a rest hold either.
2: Hoppers, are, you just—Hoppers heard this term probably before that I'm gonna use, but I mean, they used to say this in the '90s, they're they're they're, they're literally walking and talking. That's all they're doing. Mm. Have you ever heard that hopper? Yeah. They're, they're just walking and talking. I mean, they're not—they're not running around. It's not a. Don't get me wrong. They they get their high spots in, but they're not like just flipping and diving and doing all kind of bullshit. It's they're just walking yeah, and talking That's what I love fucking
4: it like Listen to the, how great the commentary was for
3: this. Oh yeah. It was great, and I like having Dr. Tom as the ring announcer because he's legitimate, old-school, big-fight feel.
2: Yeah. Uh, anything else from, from this doc that you want to talk about?
3: Classic match. I mean, here's the thing. Once again, I would have – I mean, I might have seen this because it was on TBS, but I didn't have TBS, so there's no guarantee. So if I don't wandered up on this on Saturday night, you mean I'm going to watch two flare matches? Come on
2: yeah that's true because I mean I don't think you know if you didn't catch this on cable I don't know we didn't see this on TBS if we mm-hmm. didn't catch it the night that it aired is my point because I don't yeah. think they replayed it the Saturday night after because it was a 45 minute match mm-hmm. so yep. alright so after this and like I said this is we Doc and I talk about this match for like I think we, we might have did 45 minutes on this match because we, we went through the, the big spots, all the high all the good spots where the crowd really got into it. It's on our Patreon feed, tinyurl.com patreonbtt Five bucks a month, you get access to all of the clashes, the pay-per-views that we've done, and tons of other content that's there. So after this match, though, after Flair and Sting, they go to a replay of the finals of the Bunkhouse Stampede from January 1988. Dusty Rhodes won his third Bunkhouse that night. Doc, do you remember, Hopper, do you remember when we reviewed that pay-per-view?
3: No. I didn't no. know that we had seen this. Which one?
4: The bunkhouse?
3: Oh. Uh, I was, I didn't. Uh, you did this with uh, somebody else. This when when uh,
4: Dusty gets the the boot trophy and, like, he do not even fucking look at it. He's just like, here, take this shit.
2: Doc, we did a watch-along to this, didn't we?
3: I wasn't on it.
2: Yes, you were.
3: Was it Lance?
2: No, it was was the three of us. Because there was at one point where we were like, oh my God, this is taking forever.
3: I don't know, but this is some hokey shit right here where Arn gets thrown out. All it did was make me miss him more.
2: (laughs) This is the second time in the episode that you said that.
3: (laughs) And now we're down to just scraps and stems and seeds here. Okay, great. You're showing... Barbarian and Warlord and Arn and Tully. How about some people that are still in their promotion? Yeah. What the fuck?
2: So you're saying they should have stayed away from this, Doc? Boy, no kidding (laughs) because Dusty's about to be gone too.
3: I know, huh? And And my whole point is this. This is so hard to review because it's like I've already seen all this shit. Or you tell me I've seen all of it. I won't see it again, but back then, I would have eaten this episode up.
2: I think, you know, th- I think all three of us will agree to that.
3: Here's the thing I hate about this. The rules are you have to get thrown out of a, a gate through, a rope, through the ropes, which is fairly difficult to do. Or get thrown over the top of a cage, which is fucking deathly. The punkhouse shouldn't be in
2: a cage. I mean, I was done with it by this point because.
3: Yeah. They, they, they need that cage out it. of the way so so the people can see what's going on, and it should be like a regular battle royal. But you're just all booted, booted, and suited. You know what I mean?
2: That ain't that far of a drop off the top of that cage to the floor. Calm down.
3: What? Wait, what?
2: Not that far of a drop from the top of the cage to the floor. Poor old Dusty. Now, now I say that as being somebody who's done it a few times, so I act like it's nothing. But uh, it's not. I mean, it's not that far, Doc.
3: But it's not remember. that. No, whatever, dude.
2: Harper, what were you saying, poor old Dusty?
4: He he's gonna be gone soon too, man.
2: Yeah, he's gonna be uh. They're up dropping like fucking
4: flies. It's shameful.
2: we got the Barbarian in here with Dusty in the finals. Oh boy that's all I got yeah Uh, Doc any other thoughts
3: nah this is real boring
2: but like you said you would have eaten it up in 1989
3: oh hell yeah I would have been like I can't but this is the greatest two hours of wrestling I've ever seen
4: yeah
2: amen to that um okay so we need to go to Ric Flair now he's gonna be cutting a promo and uh here that is.
0: You know, I've got cheated. He's not that kind of guy. But uh, Ric Flair is the kind of guy that will tell you just exactly how it is and how he wants you to believe. And earlier this week, as a matter of fact, this past Wednesday, he came to the studios of TBS and he had this to say.
6: Well, here I am, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and to a lot of you, it's to your personal dismay because once again, <laughs> cocky. Oh, arrogant, you know I am, I'm the kind of man that everybody out there loves to hate, you know why, because I've got it all, I'm probably the best looking man in sports today custom-made on the man who, in 1988, squashed Sting like a grape. (laughs) He was going to be the champion. And then along comes, whoo, along comes Lex, 6'5", 280 pounds, the Golden Adonis, the Dragon Slayer. (laughs) That's me. And Luger, you were... You were, my friend, the toughest competition I've ever faced in my entire life. You got it all, pal! You got speed, awesome size, strength, second to none, but you don't have the time in this sport to dictate policy to me in that ring. That means, Luger, for all your immense ability, you're still short of being the ring general. Woo! You're still short of being the world champion. So I say, 1988, oh, it was a vintage year for the nature boy. I can walk the streets of every major city in this world, style and profile, have any woman I want, fly in learjets, ride in limousines, and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm the very best there is. I'm Ted Turner's favorite son, me, Ric Flair, Atlanta, Georgia, and Luger in 1989. What do I look for? I'll Taylor look for first and foremost. Luger, 1989, you will never have a title shot with Ric Flair. That's the bottom line. You're done, Luger. I've said it twice now. You are never going to wrestle. Ric Flair again for the world title. So be big, be bad, be the man. But remember, you're through wrestling the champ. Woo!
2: Doc, thoughts on Fl- Ric Flair there?
3: I mean, he's, everybody was wondering how this was going to turn out you tuned in and found out he kept the damn belt. How did he keep the belt? How did Luger not win? I mean, we're going to see it, but. And then. He outlines his blueprint for the year. And. Here's what I don't know. Did they already have. Steamboat cranked up and ready. And that's why they went away from Luger. Or did they see something in Starcade that made him say. Mmm, Luger's not ready.
4: No, I, what...
2: I think No, no, no. They they had they had they knew right now. They knew right now Steamboat was coming. Cuz it's January uh-huh. 7th that this airs and uh Harper, I want to know what you think too, but they had Steamboat coming cuz I mean Steamboat I think he's 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 here in like 2 weeks. Like he's oh, Okay. He's, yeah, he he's he's literally like we're on the eve of it. I mean, maybe not exactly the eve, but I I believe he comes in like on either the 21st or the 28th? I mean, like it's like two to three weeks away at this point. So okay. um, I, I think they had it on deck and they knew what was coming. And that's why he said that. And that's why Rick has been saying it too all along. Like, you're not getting another shot. You're not getting another shot. Even before they had the title shot. So I, I believe that was part of it. But, uh, Harper, what were you about to say?
4: Yeah, because he did show up in early of 89.
2: Yeah. I think he comes in. I don't. I don't remember exactly, but I think it's like. Um, I know he comes in before the end of January. I'm pretty sure it's yeah. like January 21st, but it might be the 28th because I remember like I haven't seen in a while, but I remember a clip from Eddie. Uh, eddie gilbert that is like making a promise like i got a surprise for yeah, for yeah, you yeah. for you next week rick flair and everybody's like well, what's the surprise and then like i think like steamboat shows up the next week or maybe it's in that same episode i don't i don't remember all the way but he does show up very quick so i think they knew doc
3: okay
2: uh harper what do you think about the promo
4: it's fucking rick man i don't like that background
0: yeah,
3: it, looked like a, it looked like a 80s prom picture background or some shit. Because that's the one WW, WWF used at that time.
4: That same kind of... Like it's curtain. not you! My yeah, bad. WWE used that for their... If you ever look at a, a promo pic from that time, that's the... For a WWF, that's what the background looks like. That, that kind of sheet. Yeah. And, and I've always wondered, why don't they... Why isn't there a fucking logo behind them? The best one ever
3: is the Mid-Atlantic. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I have to agree with you. I don't like that background. Uh, Lord knows where that was shot, but I don't like that background either.
4: It looks like a sheet, like if you're painting in your house, mm-hmm. and you're going to cover furniture or something like that, that's what yep. it looks like.
2: Yeah, it, it looks like they just... It looks like they just hung something because they needed to get a promo from him real quick. Lord knows where they were. And and, and,
4: and this is one of those things, oh, well, WWF does that, so.
2: Yeah. That's
4: exactly what was done there. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, why isn't there a fucking NWA logo behind him? Yeah. Because we're WCW. we
2: We know he must not have been at the studio the day the rest of these were taped because, or he'd have been right there with Tony.
4: Yeah. I mean, so, he could have shot those in a building somewhere. Yeah, he well, could. I'm, su- I'm
3: sure they were in a building somewhere. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Asshole.
3: <laughs> All right.
2: Uh, I like Rick right there saying, "I'm the best looking man in sports today," and then he continues like, to put like over the competition.
3: Where, I like the line where he said, "You don't get to dictate policy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was good.
2: That was awesome, <laughs> pal. You don't get to dictate policy. Uh, what else you got, Doc? From it, anything?
3: Nah, nah. That's 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 all, my friend.
4: Yeah, I'm waiting for Steamboat to come in to to, to try to rejuvenate shit to, to to a certain degree. I guess he fills up a dusty spot.
2: Steamboat comes in and does some stuff, man. That's for yeah. damn sure. Um, Doc, do you have anything from Luger's promo? No. I don't either, and I didn't want to be mean, but I wanted to ask you You, and Hopper.
4: You're an asshole. Look how
3: you you made me do it.
2: Well, I mean... It
3: made you be the bad guy. I know. Hey, I don't give a shit.
2: Here's what I'm going to say about it. Tony puts over Luger, like, when he's introducing him. You know, three years, he's been the... Luger's been the U.S. champ. He's had half of the NWA World Tag Team titles. He's been a Crockett Cup champion. You know, Luger then tells Tony, thanks for the allocates he does say allocates and not accolades and then so you know uh, he then even says it again later on about the allocates now lure didn't lie there was one thing he brought up in this he says in baltimore when they stopped the match because of you know a little bit of blood he was about to beat flair i mean that is true the little as cornet says the pap smear uh blood trickle that he had on his Come head on. Dude,
4: what, what what is a pap smear <laughs>
2: I don't know. No. I just hear Cornette say it all the time. I don't know. I, Actually, I, do. I said, to do
4: with, like, a uh, gynecologist, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, I was joking. I do know what it is. <laughs> yes, it does. How do you... What?
3: Harper, did you go to eighth grade health class? I don't
4: I don't fucking know about, about fucking pap smears and, you're too and busy. Uh, gynecologists. Because
3: you're too busy working in the on the proctologist end of things with your yeah, girls? with the butts. <laughs>
2: Hopper, <laughs> do you really want to know what a pap smear is? Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
4: For the listeners,
3: it's not—it's a terrible name too. To... Well,
2: I mean, I, I guess you know Hopper's never been married, and I guess that's why he wouldn't really know what it is. Because I mean, I, I can't see some of these—the Minnesota it's just wrecking crew or... do, right? It's—it's
4: it's a medical. Well,
2: they... It's a medical procedure. It's like a test that they do to check for like cancer in a woman a woman, uh, like from the it's, cervix.
3: It's where they test for pussy stink. <laughs> That's cool. You see?
2: <laughs> You're talking about me. I mean, come on, man.
3: They That's stick a up. stick. They they go out there and get a stick off a tree and shove it up there, and if it smells bad. They hand her some... One of them little pine, those little pine tree air fresheners.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
6: Jesus!
3: <laughs> Shut this up there. That's and come nice. Back in. <laughs> and then you go
4: down on her. They're like,
3: why do you smell like a new car scent? You, she sees, you see the string hanging out from ear.
4: <laughs> you pull it out it's like,
3: <laughs> oh,
4: that's why you smell like new car.
2: What the hell That's is wrong with y'all? About, man.
4: Come on. <laughs> this is why we hate the
3: manscape.
2: Why? What is wrong with you two? Get control of this, Hopper. What's wrong with you?
3: Man, you need <laughs> to not have a clip, a recap show, and maybe we'll do better. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's, that is so far from the truth. <laughs> no. No. You're not even going to put that on a recap show. It happens whether it's a recap show or not. All right. Keeping the show moving. Anything else from Luger? There, well, you, you knew
3: you knew the minute that Harper didn't know what a pap smear was that this was not gonna end well. A pap smear.
2: It's two words, Harper. You know that, right?
3: Yeah, I just Googled
4: it.
2: Okay. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm glad you Googled pap it during the show. That, that, I'm glad you hold on. I'm glad you Googled it during the show. Otherwise, I would get tagged on Twitter. 500 times by people telling me what a pap smear was.
4: It's also called a pap test. (laughs) It's a screening, it's a screening procedure for a cervical cancer.
2: Cervical, not cervical.
4: Yeah, whatever. Same thing.
2: (laughs) Hey, Grace King education. (laughs) Ah, I love messing with Harper. Okay. Harper, anything else you want to tell us about a pap smear?
4: How long does a pap smear take? Two three it takes takes about ten to twenty minutes.
3: Two, three hours.
4: You lie on your table. You lie on a table with your feet placed firmly in stirrups. Like a fucking saddle?
3: No. (laughs) Like a horse? No.
2: They're like laying on their back or at like uh, an L type angle and the table has these where they like rest their feet on so no it's not like a saddle but it's so that you know it's they got stirrups kind of but it's not like you're thinking Oh my Fuck. god Blassie is listening to this and he's going to email me
4: <laughs> It's like it's like gunsmoke
2: What
4: not quite. No. No. Ugh.
3: Yes, it's right.
4: God bless them.
3: That's oh, why the goodness. fucking, the fucking, outside the gynecologist office, there's a bunch of kitty cats roaming around. It smells like fish in there. You see?
2: <laughs> Come well, <yeah>. on! <laughs> <You're all> filthy! <laughs>
1: this <laughs> is.
2: This is <laughs> why we are terrible.
3: <laughs> can you God. imagine? A, can you imagine a lady in there laying naked, spread eagled in her stirrups, and she get out the window of the office? She can hear <laughs> the kitty cat meow. That's meow, <laughs> no. <snow. laughs> meow, meow. <laughs> Come on.
2: <laughs> Every now and then, out. I'll, like, look at the comments on the YouTube channel for some of these episodes <laughs> where we start talking about stuff like this. Hey, you should see some of the comments of people that hate us. They're like, uh, what? That's like, their problem. There's a bunch of Darrens out there, Hopper, that just <laughs> literally go off want, on us.
6: I want to be real serious about
3: 40-year-old wrestling, goddammit. Yeah, whatever. We'll
4: go somewhere <sighs> else with what's
3: yeah. First of all, eat snack on a bowl of dicks. And second of all, get the fuck out of here.
2: Oh, yeah. it's hilarious. Like the one so, guy who goes off, Why don't no. y'all talk about it like it's real?
3: Yeah.
4: Fucking oh. pap smears, really? <laughs>
2: That's real classy, Harper. What the hell, man? I sit there, I tuned in again for the eighth week in a row, and you <laughs> yeah, and your boys... Really <laughs> you you and your boys are in there talking about pap smears. What the hell, Harper? What's wrong with you two? Three? God, what the hell, man?
3: With
4: those
2: stirrups. Uh. <laughs> stirrups.
3: Would you rather... Harper, would you rather lick a pap smear test swab what the fuck? or... Or a corona test swab.
4: Oh god, that's um. <laughs> fuck! Wait. I'll take a, a corona test swab, dude. Fuck that. Yeah, you I gotta... just get the... I'll take the flu for a week. Now let's not minimize. No, but I'm saying, fuck! I'm not some old fucking eighty-five fucking year old person that's hooked up to a, a fucking a, an oxygen tank. So fuck! I'll take the. Corona flu for a week before I fucking lick something like that. But that'll turn me queer. (laughs) (laughs)
3: God. But once again, the thoughts and opinions of Hardbody Harper are not reflective of the rest of the entire staff of booking the territory. We sincerely apologize. Oh, oh, now you draw the line. (laughs) We can't use. If you're going to use a Q word, it needs to be queef. Oh, you see? Mike,
2: is uh, this is your I'm, No, no, this is ridiculous. This is what this is. We need to, we need to keep moving. Any other thoughts on whatever – where were we at? I don't know. We'll keep going.
4: We were at Luger. Stirrups.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think we were talking about Luger uh, at Baltimore when he had a trickle of blood coming from his head, and they called the match when he was about to beat Flair, and that's it. JR and Tony throw us to Cornette's Midnight Express versus Paul Lee's Midnight Express from Starcade. We literally just did this. Literally just did it a couple weeks ago. Cornette's yes. Midnight Express won when Lane pinned Randy Rose, but remember afterwards, Paul Lee's Midnight Express beats down Cornette and Corny's Midnight. So there you go on that one. Uh, and then after that. So, Doc, do you have anything from that? I mean, I, I would think no because we, we really just saw this.
3: No nothing yeah
2: so we do then need to go to Cornette. he's going to cut a promo at the very end of the episode and this is how we go off here here's corny's promo
0: as a matter of fact jim Cornette also saw this piece of videotape we asked him to make some comments regarding his feelings now and about paul dangerously in the original midnight express and jim Cornette is standing by with his pre-recorded comments and tony and i'll see you next week at 705 (laughs) 1988, some good times, some bad times. Beautiful Bobby Eaton, Sweet Stan Lane, Jim Cornette, the guys that break all the rules, the guys that make all the news, the guys that have been winning all the matches, the tag team standards in the NWA for years, all of a sudden, after being world tag team champions and United States tag team champions and doing everything there was for a tag team to do in the year 1988. They come up against a name from our past like Dennis Condry, his partner Randy Rose, and then with them, the worst thing and the best thing, that ever happened to Jim Cornette. The worst thing, because just like you saw there at Starcade 88, we got the victory in our hand, but I was so intent on getting Paulie dangerously that they got me from behind, they dusted me and Bobby off, tried to half kill Stan Lane. Every time you try to get Paulie, he lands on his feet. Every time you try to get Paulie, he manages to weasel his way into the last word. Well, as we come into 1989, Paulie dangerously. You made me realize you are the best thing also that ever happened to Jim Cornette. Because I realized, I looked at myself in the mirror. Jim Cornette, I said, you're never going to be a man unless you stand up and fight for something. No more hiding behind Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane. No more running away from a fight. I can't whip. Dennis Condry and Randy Rose, beautiful Bobby and sweet Stan can do that, and they will. But Polly, I'll have you know, I give you my word, I can whip you, brother. I can whip you within an inch of your life. You try to run me out of the NWA, you try to take away my thunder, try to get a cheap reputation, brother, you ain't going to get nothing but the beating of your life, because I remember every single thing you've done to me. I go around reminding elephants what they forgot. And Jim Cornette's been here for a long time before you got here, and he'll be here for a long time after you're gone. The Midnight Express are mine. And Polly, if it comes to a showdown between you and me, I guarantee you will be the shakiest gun in the West.
2: Doc, thoughts on Corny closing out the show right there.
3: I like. I thought he was good, obviously. And the line that really got me was when he said, the Midnight Express are mine. I thought that was good. I
2: like that. That was a hell of a line.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we all know he can whoop Paulie, I mean, right? Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah I think we can all agree to that. Hubbard, do you have anything for me?
4: Uh, that's uh, we heard Buddy Lindell use that line on a smoky mountain about the elephants yeah yeah I guess that's where we got it from
2: and I bet you Corny heard it from somewhere else yeah so that's how they go off air Doc I got a question it's a recap show how do we rate this thing
3: man I think we talked about it earlier I think it's we got it. We said last week, or on Stargate, you got to look, or whatever we did. I don't know. You got to look through it though, through those eyes.
2: Nineteen eighty nine eyes. So what are you going to rate it?
3: A a, a a A A A A. I'm gonna give it an
2: A, a Harper, what are you going to give it?
3: I'm gonna give it a B
4: plus, and the only reason is because they showed a clash of the champions match, but. If you got TBS, you already saw that clash of the champions match. Who so, had TBS? Huh? Who had TBS? That's what this this uh, came on, right? Mike no, and I didn't he's, have,
2: he's saying Mike. who had it because he didn't have TBS at the time. Right. I didn't have it. I had to go by Uncle Joe's house to watch the shit.
3: Broke But I see what
2: you're saying. I see what you're saying.
3: Uncle, Uncle Joe would get liquored up and try to like take you downstairs hey boy that's nice doc oh, hold my picker <laughs> while i pee what
1: <laughs> what the hell Harper? <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh,
2: okay so you give it a b plus i'm gonna give it an a doc gives it an a doc who are you giving your rolex to mm. corny or, or rick it's gonna be one of those two <laughs>
3: I don't know, Paul E cut a hell of a promo too there, little buddy. Yeah, it was good. But I think for the guy that has to come out of Starcade with the with the strap, Rick gets it.
2: Uh I'm gonna give mine to Rick too. Who are you giving yours to, Harper?
3: I'll give mine to
4: uh Paul E.
2: Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So Rick gets two, Paul E gets one, two A's on the rating, one B plus. All right. Doc, um, I don't know how you're doing on time. We talked about doing one other thing tonight. night, so what do you think?
3: <clears throat> um, I got a few minutes if you can uh speed this along. I got some charity work to do later.
2: Charity work, my ass. All right. Well, while I'm getting it pulled up, I want to remind you all uh to make sure you're using our Amazon link at tinyurl.com slash btt amazon it is a great way to support this show without spending anything extra make sure every family member you have the wives girlfriend boyfriends side pieces whatever you have in your life make sure they use it tinyurl.com slash btt amazon a great way to support this when did you use it twice
4: i got some uh hair clippers and i bought this badass fucking keychain did you see it man
2: Oh, the the coin thing.
4: Yeah. Oh I yes. I want to send it to Doc. Oh, shit, how badass his fucking keychain is. It's fucking Doc? heavy as fuck.
3: I <sighs> so is it like? Were... Go ahead. I just thought he got a butt plug and lube.
2: That's nice, Doc. You see, it's real nice. You see, That's...
3: you see, That's
2: real. That's real nice, Doc. All right, um. Thank you for using it, Hopper. So again, tinyurl.com slash bttamazon. Great way to support this show without spending anything extra. Uh, Doc, Hopper, we, we did a Patreon episode on this years and years ago uh, where we talked about the birth of Kamala and we did a long form of this. And this came from Steve Austin's podcast many years ago, over four years ago, five years ago now, where Austin is talking to Jerry Lawler and Lawler explains how Kamala was born. But the funniest part of that was not Lawler explaining how Kamala was born, but it was Lawler talking about what he painted on Kamala's stomach. So, Doc, do I need to say anything more, or uh, do you remember this? So, I don't have the exact time save. Let me see if uh, this is it.
5: So, that's where we came up with the name, literally honed a spear out of a stick and put a wooden point on the end of it, and uh, put this old loincloth on him took him out and 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 jerry's back uh... on some acreage back there and got a couple of pieces of dry ice and threw them out in this kind of little swampy lake that jerry had and we we put james out there and 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 turned the cameras on and had him come walking through the smoke and it looked like i mean it literally looked like he was in a, a, you know an african uh... giant that was coming walking towards the screen and it just it was just one of those things that uh... It just clicked, man. We, we called up and had JJ J. Dillon, who was not, you know, had not ever been in our territory because we didn't want to, we wanted to make him so totally different. So we had JJ J. Dillon cut a promo. We explained it to him and he cut a promo saying that he had found this savage beast while doing touring the world and he was going to bring him to the United States and his first stop was going to be Memphis, Tennessee. And, and, and like you said, at the time, man, if you did things right, People bought into it and they believed that this guy was a was a giant African uh, cannibal that was being released every time he set foot in the ring and and, and and he couldn't have he couldn't have worked more perfectly I mean we had to keep it simple so right. that's where the chops came in all the chops and the slapping himself on the stomach and 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 he didn't do much more than that and to bite you you know you bite you and suddenly next thing you know you're bleeding and i know I watched some of the tapes of he and I having that first match and it was just it was like magic I mean you know he started biting my head I start bleeding he would touch my head with his fingers and and start licking the blood off his fingers, and and it was just, you know, it was really, it really looked exactly like what we told the people he was, you know. I remember that first, uh, when y'all did that first video, I mean, there was like a 20 or 30 second clip y'all sent out, and it was like, showed him walking, just like you said, and whoever did the voiceover is basically like, Kamala, the Ugandan giant, Kamala, that was it. I was like, I gotta see this son of a bitch. This some bitch is crazy looking. Whose idea was it was the moon and the stars on him? That was that was all that all came from the painting. It was great. Uh, that Frank was at I was, I'll show you sometime, This Frank that later on became friends with him. And he was one of the greatest artists of all time. But uh, uh, anyway, it, that was just the way that the, the guy was body was decorated in that painting. And it's a funny story. I, for for months, I would every night I would paint Kamala. I would do his face and all the paint on him down in the locker room beforehand, you know. And I would paint those stars and the big the, the crescent moon on his stomach. And yellow, and the stars on his pecs were white. And, and the funny story: one night, after about three or four months of painting James, and you'd have to know him. He, I mean, he's he just a big old teddy bear. Actually, that's what he used to wrestle as before. Kamali wrestled with sugar bear, Harris. But anyway, he he just kept sitting there, and I'd paint him up, and he'd be patient. And then he one day, finally, after about three months, he looked down. He said, "Jerry, I want to ask you a question." I said, "What's that, James?" He said. Why does she paint a big banana on my stomach every night? <laughs> <laughs> I said, James, it's not a banana. It's a, it's a crescent moon. He went, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All that time he thought it was a banana and his rib? I he thought I was making some kind of joke on him or something. Oh, like
6: that. Jesus, that's he great. He thought I was
5: painting a big banana on his stomach. Bruh. Doc.
2: Doc, you there?
3: I'm here. What do you want me to say? Do you
2: remember the first time we heard that?
3: Uh, The grossest part about it was when he said he would lick his blood off his fingers. That's gross.
2: Dude. (laughs) Kamala sat there for months. Watching Jerry Lawler paint a crescent moon on his stomach and was thinking why is this white boy painting a banana on my stomach every night and he finally asked him four months into it <laughs> he thought it was a rib that's so messed man. up
4: yeah he probably thought there was you know being like a you know <laughs> he was being a thought racial, he was being racist right yeah doing kind of racial fucking undertone or whatever
2: Jerry why you paint the big banana on my stomach
3: <laughs> Jesus. Uh,
2: that's nice.
3: That's nice.
2: Any other thoughts, Doc?
3: That's nice.
2: You sound tired. Are you ready to go to bed?
3: I'm tuckered, buddy. I'm just all this talk about ass play has made me want to go fist myself and go to sleep.
4: Fist when yourself. I think
3: about you, I fist myself.
4: I fist myself. Remember that song? You
3: know, yeah, you know that chick died, right?
4: Oh, fuck.
2: That's nice. I didn't know that.
4: She had big knockers.
3: She did. Now yeah, video? Damn. Yep.
2: I don't even know what you're talking about.
3: <sighs> we know. She had cancer. Mm. I'm sorry oh. to hear that.
2: So, um, yeah, uh, thoughts and prayers. You know, hold on.
3: Thoughts and, and prayers, bees. dog.
2: Well, I guess, um, Doc, you got anything else for you? Hit the go-home queue and ride off into the sunset?
3: Let's get on our Kawasaki mules, pal.
2: Hey, the
3: Kawasaki mule. All
2: right, we're going to hurry up and get out of here. Before we do so, remember, consider becoming a patron and support this show at tinyurl.com. patreonbtt Patreon It's a great way to get some extra content. And especially if you love what we do each and every month or week or biweekly here with Smokey Mountain coming to an end. We're going to be down to one show a month, uh, one show a week soon. But the patron content will still keep rolling. Hopper, you got anything before we get out of here? Let's roll. Hopper's got some banging to do, so we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Hopper, uh, close us out. Hit the tagline. Take us home.
4: Fuck it, bitch.